All right, hello everybody. My name is Clayton Bross. My name is Joe Rodriguez. And welcome to our construction contract podcast on compensation structures. A common form of compensation in construction is through the use of progress payments. A progress payment is partial payment of the total contract value based on the amount of work completed. They are most commonly structured to be billed on a monthly basis, although there are several other ways to structure progress payments. When progress payments are monthly, contractors send invoices to the owner covering the amount of work completed at the end of every month. Another common way of billing is by percent of completion. In percent of completion payments, contractors send invoices once they reach certain levels of completion for the project that are stated in the contract beforehand. Sending invoices for progress payments are relatively simple. Contractors send payment applications to the owner indicating how much they are requesting. Both AIA and consensus docs have their own standard form for payment applications. Once submitted, owners have the right to withhold progress payments if they have a dispute and to keep a percentage as retainage. So, what are the benefits of progress payments? One benefit is the steady cash flow. As long as contractors are completing their work, they are consistently getting paid as opposed to payment upon completion. This also helps contractors avoid debt. This regular payment allows contractors to pay employees and bills without borrowing money and going into debt. Progress payments also lower the risk for owners since they are not paying the full contract value up front. Owners are also reassured that contractors will continue to work because they are not paid until work is completed. Of course, progress payments have their issues as well. A major issue with progress payments is it does not account for material that has been delivered but not yet installed. This could leave contractors with a negative cash flow as they are only being paid for completed work. Another issue is dealing with progress payment disputes. Contracts typically have clauses for when a dispute arises, but they can still be time-consuming, which will delay payment and potentially delay the project. Overall, progress payments are a common and effective way of compensation. Okay, next we have contingent payment clauses. Contingent payment clauses are included in contracts to control when and how the sub can be paid by prime contractors. There are three different types of payment clauses that can be included in a contract. First, we have pay when paid clauses. This type of clause only affects when the subcontractor can be paid. In most pay when paid clauses, the prime contractor must pay the subcontractor within at most 75 days from billing. The negative of having a pay when paid clause is that it does not shift the risk of non-payment to the subcontractors. Next, we have pay if paid clauses. This type of clause does not not affect when the contractor can be paid but states that the subcontractor will not be paid if the owner has not paid the prime contractor. In this type of clause, the risk is transferred to the subcontractor. Next, we have a hybrid of the two called a pay when and if paid clause. This type of clause controls both when and how the subcontractor can be paid by the prime contractor. It gives the prime contractor the responsibility of paying subcontractors within a reasonable amount of time from billing while also stating that the time frame of when the sub can be paid is only enforceable if the prime contractor is paid by the, by the owner. This hybrid clause spreads the risk between the prime and subcontractor. Another important concept in compensation structures and contracts is retention. Retention is an amount of money withheld from payment until the final completion of the project. It typically ranges from 5 to 10% and is stated in the contract. It is done by both the owner of a project and a general contract to their subcontractors. The main function of retainage is to ensure quality and workmanship throughout a project. 
As a project nears the end and paychecks get smaller and smaller, there's less work to do and to be paid for. So it's easy for contractors to get lazy and decrease their effort level. Retainers is almost an extra incentive to keep work standards high. You don't get back your retainers till the very end of a project, so it's important to maintain a high level of quality. Retention laws are different by state. In 31 states, including Florida, retention is completely unregulated. Three states limit retention to a reasonable amount, whereas seven state limits retention to 5% of the contract value and eight states limit retention to 10% of the contract value. The only state to completely prohibit retention is New Mexico. Retention is almost exclusively advantageous to owners. Its purpose is to ensure contractors complete all the functions required in the contract. This includes level quality, time constraints, and warranty period for defects. There's a long list of disadvantages to retainers for contractors, especially subcontractors. The main issue is it decreases cash flow. This hurts subcontractors the worst because a sub who completes work on the job may not receive their full payment until months later. This delayed payment constricts their cash flow, making it harder to fund new jobs. This 5-10% to retainage can sometimes equal all of the profit a contractor can make. According to a study done by Dr. Bowsman of Clemson University, on average, a general contractor waits 99 days for complete payment, and subcontractors wait an average of 167 days. Not only is this pay gap so long, he also found 25% of retainage is never paid. Many people view retention as an old practice that is on the decline, as numerous bills have floated around for reforming this practice. Personally, I would be glad to see retention reformed in the near future. Okay, and lastly, we have final payment. In your, in your contract, it should be stated how the architect will determine the completion of the work. The contract can state that if the work is determined as complete, then all claims other than liens and any unsettled issues will be waived. Final payment can be awarded at the point of substantial completion. The certificate of substantial completion is awarded by the architect. According to AIA, the point of substantial completion is when the work is sufficiently complete in accordance with the contract documents and will occur when there is only minor corrective or warranty, warranty work left on the project. That's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to our podcast on compensation structures and contracts.